That sounds cool. What's that? That's uh, that's our friend Carmel from a couple episodes ago. Oh yeah, I I can tell that her new album is great, by the way. Oh, it is absolutely good, isn't it? It's uh, yeah. Oh, she's ex- she's expanding her sound. It's yeah. blown, it's oh, I love what she's doing with all these different musicians. But what's uh, what's the the thing you're playing there? Oh, that's the um the basis for the new theme song for the One Fall Show. The One Fall Show is getting a new theme song. Well, yeah. I, but what about the old theme song? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's all right, I guess. I thought it was pretty great. I thought it, it's the music in the background is pretty rock. I mean, the samples are a little eh, but well, the guitars are awesome. You're playing the guitars, right? And then there's an organ in there, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, you're you're all right. And then there's, like there's some programmed drums that I thought the the sound almost almost as good as real drums. There's a bass in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But I wanted to do something new. But why? Um, I think because I like Carmel more than you. Well, that's shocking. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm Shawnee Constant, and I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Bean. Fate, motherfucker. Fate, motherfucker. We are basking in the glory. In the glory. Of the opulent Russell Palace. Chandelier. Russell Palace. Like you fight prison style, dude. Boom shakaloo. The scariest of all clowns. Murder clown. It's like we've said uh, previously on the show. Mira. He's fat. He's got a fat ass. <laughs> He's coming, drinking! Bob Burr's got a big old net! It's a work! It's a work! Uh, it's a Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast scheduled for one fall. Shawnee. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to try that again? Yeah, let's try that again. (laughs) All right. (laughs) When he says one fall, then we're going to go one fall. Right. Yeah, yeah. The following podcast is scheduled for one fall. One One fall. fall. I dig it. And it has about a 60-minute time limit. You're listening to the one fall show. My name is Chizuk Beach, joined as always by my co-host, Shawnee Constant. Hey, everybody. And uh, this week's guest is... Stacy Joy. Thank you very much. <laughs> Jumping right in there. Um, a piano teacher and tattoo artist. Hi, and how's it going? Just uh, found out about it. How are you tonight? I'm pretty good. How it's are you? It's a little you? chilly out there. It's really chilly. Winter is absolutely upon us. And um, so the One Fall Show, primarily a wrestling show, but we like you know interacting with people who have different uh, connections to wrestling. Uh, do you have any? Are you a wrestling fan at all? Do you have any like? Do you remember watching wrestling as a kid at all? Uh, I remember. I remember Hulk Hogan. Okay. From when I was a little kid, I remember that. And one time I did Jello wrestling, and I had a wrestling name. I made a T-shirt that said um, "Fork in Your Eye" in Italian, and that okay. was my that was my wrestling moniker. This was before I realized what Jello wrestling was. Um, I did not win. Did you think? <laughs> <laughs> did you think you were going to be wrestling the Jello? I. I thought that um, 
I thought it was going to be a little bit more more of a contest and less of a bunch uh, of people just drunkenly swimming around in the jello. Right. Wait, that wait, stuff's wait, really wait, slippery. Wait, 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 wait. It was sleazy jello wrestling. There sleazy jello wrestling. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of wiggle room. There was a lot of wiggling. I don't I don't know that I've uh, no, I don't think I've ever seen jello wrestling. It seems like somehow, some way I must have come across it, right? It's just right. a thing that happens. But okay. Okay, so I'm a huge fan. In my like, other in my other job, when oh. I'm on the radio in the middle of the oh, night, okay. some of the commercials are for like different strip clubs, and one of the strip clubs right now is advertising midget wrestling. Jesus yeah. Christ. And it's it's it feels real bad in 2019. Yeah. So yeah. like one of the production guys just like spiked his voice up with an audio thing, so it sounds really high, going, "The midgets are coming! The midgets are coming!" And I'm like, it was a stupid idea from bad creative, and all that's gone. I don't care if it's four in the morning. Don't say that. Yeah, that's just that's just crude. Right. So back to our guest, uh, Stacy Joy. Like I said, you're both a piano teacher and a tattoo artist. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you fall into um, eat both of those things? I kind of just Forrest Gump my way through life and things just, just kind happen. of happen. Yeah. My my family are all music teachers. And so I got laid off from my job and I was like, well, I'll give it a try. And it turned out I was really good at it. You've so I've been from a long line, long line of music teachers. Uh, I used to compete when I was a kid. Uh, I traveled across the country and in Canada, I won a bunch of awards and you know, stuff like that. So now I, uh, now I teach and, um, my really good teacher. My kids do really well. And then for tattooing, um, I, uh, I'm friends with a bunch of guys at the shop and, uh, Mark Tice, who's an amazing tattoo artist. He was just one day, do you want to try this out? And I said, sure. And do you have, do you like before doing tattoos, were you an artist? Did you draw? Yeah, I was a, a graphic designer. I've done a bunch of work around the area for like bars and bands. And oh, excellent! Yeah, so I already had kind of a following as as far as did you get any art uh, schooling for for the uh, the art side? I mean, obviously, you're from a long line of music teachers, so I would imagine <laughs> that like from an early age, it was just like, come on, I'm teaching you how this works. Yeah, there was yeah there well there was a lot of music instruction. Um, there, but they were really supportive with me wanting to draw too. They always, you know, there there was always art supplies around the house, and they always, you know, let me draw on the walls. And then I, so I started drawing on my own walls, and then I started drawing on other people's walls, and then I started, uh, you know, legally or illegally drawing on businesses' walls. And then from there, people just kind of liked it and started paying me for it. Awesome. So excellent. Yeah. The thing that I'm most interested with the tattoo side of the thing is that. It's the, I love the old school apprenticeship nature of mm-hmm. tattooing and knowing you a little bit, I got to see that you were going through that process. It really seemed like it was the classic. It, he, they, they were not easy on you. This was not like, hey, do you want a tattoo? And you showed up at the shop and mm-hmm. then you started tattooing people. This was a much... <laughs> longer process involved in that well to be fair i had a fairy tale apprenticeship they were very good to me they were very kind to me i've heard horror stories from other people i had i know a guy who was telling me that during his apprenticeship his uh, master would make him go outside and wash his car with a toothbrush like, like <laughs> horrific uh, straight up mr miyagi yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah um and i didn't i didn't have to do any of that um they but they it was uh about a, a six months to a year before I was even allowed to touch a machine, mm-hmm. 
which that's what it should be. If you're going to mark people up for life, then you really should know what you're doing. And Absolutely. The, the first half of my apprenticeship was just, you know, fine tuning my art skills. And then the second half was just learning how to work a machine and getting over the fact that you're tattooing on people. Canvas that moves and screams is very different <laughs> from <laughs> what you would imagine. And one of the things that I learned very quickly is that people don't want to know how much they're bleeding. So you probably shouldn't tell them. Okay. <laughs> so. It's got to be fun to see how different everybody is, right? Like some people can sit there stoically and just take the needle and have a conversation. And some people are in total shock and some people scream. And like, Oh, yeah. Well, I, I remember one time getting a tattoo and uh, having the woman who was getting tattooed in the next booth over was just wailing. And eventually <laughs> my tattoo artist started insulting her from our booth. Oh, my God. Because the artist that was working with her was not maintaining us, <laughs> us. so it's just this this funny world but I, you know like professional wrestlers have to go through a certain amount of training because while they are essentially fake fighting in their underwear um they are also throwing themselves around bodily right and so in order to get into the ring with the other person you hope that they have some sense of a tradition that everyone is operating off of and well yeah the wouldn't tattoo you world kind of has that it's it's really like maintains its roots in a lot of ways at least to the ones i consider the good ones the tattoo shops that i most appreciate are the ones that tap into those roots and you know going through um things like cleaning the some of that some things can be demeaning and i don't know that there's a ton of value in that right like that's sort of an alpha beta thing that's not necessarily a teaching you moment but you do have to i think have some kind of tough love right in this process otherwise you're going to be a bad artists putting bad art on people yeah you got to pay your dues yeah yeah do do wrestlers have to do stunt work do they have to learn stunt work that's essentially what they do yeah, yeah. that's essentially what they learn um i think that for the most part it's learning how to fall on your back and spread out your surface area you know as much as possible to not get hurt and like, also understanding that when you're throwing someone else so that you want them to have the opportunity to hit with the most surface area because after days and days and weeks and months and years of touring, you know, a lot of these uh, folks are working, you know, five days a week, nonstop, all through the year. It's like this vast carnival show. And so falling down once might be fun, but after 10 years, you know, I'm at a point now in my life where falling down is not any kind of fun whatsoever. Uh, and, uh, and I have not done it professionally, so I can't imagine what some of these folks go through after all those reps but you have to have that uh, that sense of well you you would hope to have that sense of uh, security from the people that you're working with but you know in many ways it's also like improv comedy in that it's not scripted per se so it's a it's an interesting art form it's hard to convey that to people because i think the average wrestling fan doesn't uh, necessarily represent <laughs> sure <laughs> the art very well but yeah, I think there's connections and all these things. And then the idea of working on the road, right? Uh, you have a shop, you have a, a booth in a shop, but you may at some point decide that you want to do the convention circuit. You know, there are plenty of tattoo artists who do that. And oh, yeah. That yeah, I know there's a convention that happens downtown mm -hmm. for a weekend, mm -hmm. like oh, yeah. every, every summer or something like that. Do you have any tattoos? I have two. Okay. And I was 
the biggest baby I've ever seen. One thing I thought when I got into tattooing, I was like, everyone's going to scream. Everyone's going to swear. No, I am still by far the worst person who's ever gotten a tattoo. I made up swear words that didn't exist. <laughs> I just bitched for six and a half hours while my while my back was getting tattooed. Oh, brutal. Yeah, the joke around the shop was because I got it at the same time place i tattoo at now okay. 13th hour yeah 13th, 13th hour, hour tattoos ratchet in roseville mm-hmm. and um yeah the joke around the shop is that if any little kid had walked in there at any time i would have ruined him for life <laughs> <laughs> he, he might have learned something <laughs> yes yeah. something he could not have learned anywhere else yeah tattoos hurt i don't know why anyone gets them <laughs> really painful <laughs> so you've you've done a couple of tattoos already I've I've done like seventy or eighty tattoos. So a couple, yeah, a couple. Yeah, I've done a few. Um, I've started to post them on my Instagram, which is a weird process because I'm not used to kind of showing off the things that I've done because sure. I've done a bunch of print work. Usually, usually when I do work, I do it for like bands or bars, and once it's gone, it's gone. It's in the client's hands, and mm-hmm. I never think about it again. But now I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta take pictures of everything I do. Oh yeah, I gotta post this. Oh yeah, I have to have a presence now. Like so, before you were doing tattoos, when you were just doing the print work. You didn't like keep a portfolio at all? No, I know that's really bad. <laughs> I know I was supposed it's to. Just, yeah, it's just the kind of thing you typically, as an artist, you want to do. Yeah, I had a really weird upbringing in this, in that uh, I really just kind of slipped and fell into the whole thing, and I was doing it for so long. And it was always by word of mouth. People would just come to me like I've never had to advertise or anything. I've gotten very lucky with it. But I also got really spoiled with it, in that like when it was out, it was out and done, and I didn't think about it or keep records or anything. Right. A lot of things have just disappeared. Appeared. Well, I, I mean, I can relate to that as well. Yeah. The whole idea of like, once it's out the door, there's nothing I can do about it now. Yeah. So move on to the next thing. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense too. Simplify <laughs> things. Plus I like the idea. I like the whole concept of um, leave no trace, that okay. kind of a thing. Like, you know, get it out of your soul, get it out of your life. Like sure. when you're done, you're done. Like, Well, yeah. And I'm sure that, yeah. that lends itself to uh, drawing on other people's walls, as you put it. Yeah. At one point is like, I'm going to put this up here. And then I'm out the door. Right. Because if you get emotionally invested in everything you draw, you're never going to want to sell anything. You're never going to want to make anything because then you're just going to have an, a house full of stuff you made that you can't part with. Right. I know that I like the devil on my shoulder wants to ask me because you said you've done like 70 or 80 tattoos of what was the worst tattoo you've ever delivered. But I want to go in the other direction. What is your like favorite type of person to tattoo? My favorite type of person? Like, yeah, like, that. I would I would imagine it's somebody that probably doesn't move a lot. Oh, it's someone who's very, very forgiving and doesn't care. <laughs> 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 like, my, my favorite type of tattoo client, and, th- like, I swear there's way more of these than I would have thought, is that they come in and they're just like, I don't know, I don't want, I want something on my body. <laughs> Just, just put it on there. I don't care. I've got like three hours before I gotta be back to work. It's not. Str- I don't. I don't give a fuck. Just, just do it. I'm good. Good. Here's some money. What like, would you? What would you ballpark the amount of people that have come in that just want a tattoo? They don't. They don't care what it is. They just want a tattoo. Uh, I haven't been doing it long enough to really no. say. But for me, <laughs> for me, it's been like. 30%. Really? But also, as an apprentice, I'm getting people that are comfortable getting a tattoo from an apprentice. So they... Well, yeah. You know, they're, they they know what but they're it's, getting it's into. Fasc- it's fascinating to me. I have yeah. no tattoos whatsoever. You want a tattoo? I don't. No. <laughs> I know someone who can give you one. I'm a huge baby <laughs> about needles. I, c- I could not... Oh, me too. I could oh, not yeah. handle it whatsoever. If you cry, I won't make Plus, fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will cry. 
I can guarantee that. Oh, man. <laughs> it's just, it's tragic. Maybe it would be. <laughs> I can't say. But there's also, like, I don't know, there's nothing in my life that, like, I love so much that I want to get it somewhere on my skin forever. That's what my dad said. My dad, my dad said he's, you know, super proud, super supportive of me, but he said the same thing. He says, I don't want to give anything the kind of importance that permanence would give it. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's interesting. No, I just think that, like, the minute I pick a cartoon character or, you know, a band or something like that, the minute I put it on my body, I'm, over, I'm probably over it. Oh, the, the greatest the greatest thing I ever heard was there was this guy, and he had a tattoo of Queen Elizabeth on mm, his nice. shoulder. Yeah. Okay. And he goes, this is my favorite tattoo ever. And my greatest fear is that one day I'm going to wake up and she would have said the N-word and I'm going to have to rip it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> Wait till your heroes are dead and they can't disappoint you. That's fair. Yeah. No, that's absolutely fair. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty morbid. I probably shouldn't have said that. No, that's just fantastic. <laughs> okay. I just did the whole dynamic. Under what circumstances would A, you love Queen Elizabeth, and B, think that she's going to drop an N-bomb? <laughs> like, what a strange confluence. I like You'd to- have to be the unluckiest human being in the world. Maybe he went through, like, a dozen celebrities he liked, and he was like, who has the least the- chance of disappointing <laughs> yeah. me? Who's the least likely yeah. to say something really nasty? Yeah. I, I, I like to think, without the context of knowing what that person looked like, I like to think of the giant, burly biker with mm-hmm. the old beard and stuff like that. He's like, this is my Queen Elizabeth right here. She yeah. was a giant man. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're not far off the mark. That's, that's fantastic <laughs> and Speaking amazing. Of dubious tattoos, why don't we check out this video okay. and see if we can get anything good out of this. So you pulled up a video of uh, on YouTube. You put this in the notes, right? Yes, sir. I'll put this in the show notes. Okay. And this guy is kind of reviewing some, some bad wrestling-related tattoos. That's the uh, that's the the notion that's presented by the title. We'll see if that proves to be the case. All right, sounds good. Hey, I know that guy. That is a strong start. <laughs> so this dude's got a giant back tattoo of Hulk Hogan. That's the only wrestler I know. Oh, that and the Undertaker. I know the Undertaker. Hey, all he's right. got the fireflies. Oh no, that's that's uh, the uh, the the new guy Bray Wyatt. Oh well, he's got the lanterns. Yeah. Okay, I know The Undertaker. There you go. This guy's doing a lot of, I mean, you know, we're listening. There you go. There it is. Man, look at those muscles. Yeah. It's interesting because the arm is not the worst. It's a little stylized, but when you get to the head, it's very questionable. And boy, it's just giant. It's it's an absolutely giant flexing Hulk Hogan on his Yeah, it looks like his nose has uh, been broken quite a few extra times. Really like that letter. I can't tell if he, if, he's, if he drew a big lip on him or if that's, he's supposed to have his mouth open and those are supposed I think to be that's, teeth. Yeah, I think it's his teeth. <laughs> What's his hat say? It's probably a Hulk bad sign. still rules. Okay. Oh, no. So it's old Hulk Hogan. It is. Yeah, it's like circa 2002 <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Uh, this is just a, I don't know. This is a female wrestler, AJ Lee. That's the longest torso I've ever seen. If she stood straight up, she could reach the leaves on the highest branches. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but unfortunately, the artist involved here did not do um, a whole lot of illustrator work. Like, that is not a great... Now, this is an excellent tattoo, yeah, it's pretty but good. a really dubious decision. This is a giant... A, a good back tattoo... Uh, a good tattoo on the back of Stephanie McMahon. Right. <laughs> and, a, well, a good likeness. Out of, out of the three we've seen so far, this is the one you could kind of peg the easiest... 
Yeah, this is an artist that seems to have more experience than the other two, or at least um, <laughs> at least appreciates their craft a little more. Like, <laughs> it's fairly photorealistic. Yeah, I'm questioning the idea that you would want like a full figure of a woman on your entire back. Right. <laughs> this is funny. To little this is Hulk great. Mania is not a bad it tattoo at all. It does look real stone. I oh, super love this. <laughs> <laughs> that just gets better the longer you look at it. <laughs> That one's fun because it's the stylized uh, D-Generation X Triple H. That one's that's, got some promise. I mean, it's yeah, skull, up on the shoulders. Viking shit are probably now that one's passe at this point. I like this one because it, it's like the Mount Rushmore of wrestling that we hear about so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This guy just like devoted his entire back to like his seven favorite wrestlers and then a championship belt. Like you said, you know, you're not going to love a thing long enough to want it. Like that devotion, right. no matter how good it is. Well, yeah, to, and then you like th- professional wrestling on your body. If you're not a professional wrestler, is like you're pigeonholing yourself. Oh no, that guy for sure has like those four posters around his bed with the bands on them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, here we go. <laughs> the world heavyweight championship tattooed around someone's waist. That first off had to fucking hurt. Yeah, stomach tattoos are some of the worst stuff. Not a fan. Yeah, people tap out all the time when they get stomach tattoos. And like around the belly button. Yeah, no, 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 boy, no. all of it. Yeah, a ton of sensitivity. A little, little side, little side. Oh uh, yeah, that's got to be. I didn't even think of that. Hurts, hurts. Not either, a fan. Either hurts or tickles. Do you have stomach tattoos? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Um, you know, I don't have anything notable, but I've got them, <laughs> so I know they hurt. <laughs> Shari, do you? Are you secretly? Is this a picture of your? Belly tattoos in the World Heavyweight Championship. Certainly not. You have the Swedish Fish Championship around your waist. That wouldn't be the worst idea. No. Yeah, so the video seems to be going into just we're seeing a lot of different tattoos of uh, like caricature portraits. work. Oh, yeah, portrait work. But they, when they're bad enough, they look like caricature. Yes. What is the hardest part of doing portrait work when you're doing tattoos? I mean, have you done any portrait work? Oh, I'm far from portrait work okay. yet. I'm more design based yeah more design based more just my line works pretty good my line works really good but I haven't done any portrait stuff (laughs) my work is really good it's very crisp and you're able to get geometric shapes really well I was thinking my uh, my longtime favorite tattoo artist who we lost this year Jeff Shea would do a lot of he was constantly doing art behind the scenes when he wasn't tattooing he sort of had his uh, the back of his shop was a sort of a workshop, and um, he did a lot of pinstriping work. And you would, you would crush at pinstriping because yeah. your lines are very deliberate and, and very crisp. Yeah, you have to be really precise with that. Yeah, That's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I did your, uh, your yin yang. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. That nice. healed really well. Yeah, that second skin stuff is fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's the first time I'd ever used that. What is that? It's just like a tape they put over, and you leave it on there for a couple of days, and it. The skin seems to be able to breathe, and hey. you don't get the flaking and the itching. And that's that's excellent. It's, yeah, I'm sure you followed uh, my fiance's horror through through getting her shoulder tattoo. She's got the the Joker from the Killing Joke mm-hmm. on her arm, and it was like two sessions that were ten hours each. Um, oh, but the I don't think it was second skin, but he put something over it that was kind of like the Saran wrap, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, uh, kind of stuff, and the ink pooled mm-hmm. in the saran wrap or something like that and then she had a, an allergic reaction to it oh, so then when he came, when the artist came back to do the the second session uh she said something about hey the stuff we used last time i was allergic to it and he was he he was of the impression it was like 
no, 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 that was a one-time deal. And they just used the same stuff, and she had the allergic reaction oh, all no. over again. Oh, no. But the tattoo turned out amazing. Well, it, it really, yeah, he's good. a fantastic artist, and the tattoo turned out amazing. So it was just a, kind of the healing process was, was the worst part. Troubling. Yeah, when I was a, a mailman, I got a tattoo on my chest, which was a terrible idea because it was Christmas season, so I couldn't take any time off. And it got infected, and things get pretty gross when you have an infected <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's... Uh, yeah, have up. you had to? Uh, have you had to do any work fixing any anybody's tattoos? I've done. Um, I, I did for my first uh, tattoo that they let me tattoo a walk in. Okay. This woman came in and she had a prison tat of an anarchy symbol on her hand, and then she had her daughter's birthday written on her on her arm. But she gave them the wrong date for the birthday, so I had to fix that. <laughs> and then right, and then. With the anarchy symbol, I thought she was joking when she said it was a prison tat, but she wasn't. It, she gave it to herself with a heated up staple from a book they oh, had. Wow. Yeah, it dipped in like big pen ink, and she just right. you know gave it right on her hand. So, uh, so I had to fix that one up, and it turned out pretty cool. Like, yes, but but that's I mean that was also a really cool first tat too. I got to fix up an yeah, anarchy no, symbol true. prison tat. Like, did you? Ju- she just wanted the anarchy to symbol to be more prominent, or did you have to like change it into? Something? Something. Oh, it was a hot mess. It was, um, it was like faded in places that the lines weren't straight where they should have been straight. It was, um, you know, the the circle that was around it wasn't a circle as much as it was a. Oh, your dog snored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's quite I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry to bore you. Um, yeah, so I just I had to fix the circle. I had to fix like the the, the lines and everything. It actually turned out a lot better. I wish I would have remember to take a picture of it right um so i did take a picture of it after i put the second skin on and it's all like bloody and red at that point which uh also looked kind of cool but you know i would have <laughs> liked a cleaner picture of that and then i put uh i changed her daughter's birthday and then i talked her into some like blood splatter around that splatter turned out fantastic nice so, that's cool yeah it's got to be super interesting to be experimenting and pushing your boundaries when you're using a human canvas i can't believe they let me do it but, but no so one's I, been disappointed, but I can't believe they let me do it. <laughs> well, everyone has to go through it, right? I mean, that's yeah. just the way it is. And, uh, like, I'm one of those people who definitely falls into the category of I can show up at a tattoo parlor and just let an artist do their thing on me. Yeah, you were great. You showed up and you were like, yeah, whatever, just slap it on up here. <laughs> and I, I, I learned a long time ago not to do that with just any artist. <laughs> right. <laughs> it can be problematic. But um, part of it, yeah, it's the tattoo parlor... It, if it's a good one, you're going to get stories like that, right? Like, where mm-hmm. are you going to hear someone who can tell you, yes, I've met the person who put their own prison tattoo on <laughs> and give the story from your perspective. And you collect those stories. So it's like this, there's a little bit of like a, um, a social aspect to the tattoo parlor for me. There's a little bit of a therapeutic, you know, you get someone mm-hmm. who, someone's stuck with you for a couple hours. So right. um, if you don't make yourself reprehensible, you're going to at least have some kind of human interaction for a little while. <laughs> and um, and hopefully you end up with some cool art, you know. It's, it's certainly, if you don't do it neurotically, you certainly will have memories. I mean, I have plenty of tattoos, many of them which are eh, sketchy. <laughs> but they're all moments that I can look back on and sort of pull myself into that time in my life and say, okay, when did I get this and what was going on in my life then? So for someone who's a little scatterbrained like me, they're sort of a... uh sort of receipts for a life lived yeah they're great anchors there's a lot of stuff you don't want to forget a lot of times you don't want to forget and you know 
tattoos are a great way to remember them. I went to Germany this last year, and the one of the girls I was traveling with, she went and got a little, you know, a little two-inch sized uh, fox on her arm in Berlin because she thought it would be cool to get a tattoo in Berlin, Absolutely, and she yeah. was right. But yeah, like it's a great memory. I got a jellyfish scar from the Mediterranean Ocean, and like. It's the coolest scar I'll ever get. I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure when it happened, you weren't thinking about how cool it was going to be. No, I was thinking I got to get out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> Those things are really big. You don't think they're big; they're gigantic. Right. Especially when they're swimming at you in herds. Oh, Jesus. wow. Yeah. No, you thank do, you. We, we've got more uh, land-bound things to concern ourselves with here at the Russell yeah. Palace. Oh no! Why do you always have to bring that up? Ants. We're always looking. We're always looking out for those. So, <laughs> this is a this is actually this is a question for both of you because I'm coming at you as somebody who's never gotten a tattoo, who has no experience in the tattoo parlor. I, I picture it somewhat like when you get a haircut, mm-hmm. and the person doing the work has to like carry on conversation with you. Have uh, have you, Stacey? Have you um, encountered somebody that was just not a conversationalist? As a, as you know, like while they're sitting there, and you're just like, okay, I guess I'll just quietly give you a tattoo and then Shawnee because you've gotten so many different tattoos have you in the reverse gone to get a tattoo with somebody and they're just like don't want to talk you know either is fine if they're if they're talkers or not if they're not I'll put on some music or I'll put on like a movie for them to kind of lose themselves into um and I could just focus on whatever if uh if they are talkers then you know I'll carry on a conversation with them but it doesn't really make a difference to me yeah my experience is that it is a lot like the barbershop you know, sometimes an artist is not having a good day. You just let them do their thing. Sure. You know, um, much like the show, there's usually a few minutes where you talk about your day before you sit down and mm-hmm. do it. So you have a little bit of an idea of what the environment is. It's not like you show up and find out an hour in that, you know, the tattoo artist's mate had just left them and taken the kids. And, right. you know, they're in this horrible mind space. But, you know, it's just mm-hmm. humans being humans. But um, there have been times where I've been pretty tight-lipped myself and just sit there quietly and i've never been i've never been told that that was poor protocol you know? <laughs> that you're not allowed to do that i'm obliged to have conversation you know but uh you know that's part of the why it's so important to find a tattoo artist that you like working with because you are going to be there for several hours and right I, when you see people coming off the street, this is, I guess, coming out of your apprenticeship, you haven't had to deal a lot with this yet. But the idea of people coming off the street who just have a whole lot of privileged expectations, mm. where it's like this is a, for them, it's an economic exchange and you're the help, you know, that's bad in any world, right? Like anytime you're dealing with another human being and one person is acting like the other person is the help. Right. Like, what the fuck is this? But, you know, if you take in their money and have to sit through that, that's got to be a real drag. (laughs) You know, I I really haven't encountered that um, in both in teaching music and in tattooing. And um, I think it's because of the implied skill involved Mm -hmm. where people just kind of uh, defer to your expertise. So they're not, you know, they're not as likely to, you know, input their own ideas. Unlike working as a graphic designer, in which case... Uh, that's happened a lot, like where they just want to treat you like the help or like, oh, cool poster, change everything right. after I told you to do it however you wanted it to, you know, like, yeah, it, yeah. so, but, but that's because everybody 
can draw to some degree. Everybody can look at pictures to some degree, but not everybody has any kind of confidence with them with a tattoo machine mm-hmm. or with a you know music theory or whatever. So. Yeah, I, I haven't encountered it. I'm sure that I will now that you've mentioned it. Thanks oh, for bringing that into my life. <laughs> it'll definitely come up. Although, you know, a place like 13th Hour, it's, it's more of a custom shop versus a street shop. And it's a weird sort of distinction that I think more... It's more of a higher-end shop, yeah. Yeah. These are like artists, not just people who with a you know have gun will travel. Yeah. I, no, I'm not supposed to call it a gun. I got that yeah. like 20 years ago. <laughs> I still do it, so... Whatever your buzzy little fucking pain machine. <laughs> I say we call it that from now on. I'm fine with that. The buzzy little pain machine. Buzzy little pain machine. I really wanted to name my machine. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it's going to be now. So <laughs> before you heard that, what were you thinking of naming it? Or did you not know yet? You just knew you wanted to Darcy. have a name on it. Darcy. That's no, I, <laughs> I had no, I had no idea. Um, it's a great but, comic title, yeah. Darcy the Buzzy Little Pain Machine. Yes. There you go. <laughs> okay, I think we got to figure it out. Darcy the nice. little Buzzy Little Pain Machine. That's the name of my machine. So, <laughs> so it sounds like, uh, at, le- at least in this conversation, that the the thing that you you said nobody's been uh, disappointed. And any any of the tattoos. Well, they haven't told me they were disappointed. Right. (laughs) They were all very nice to me. Right. It sounds like that's definitely something you're uh, fearing. It's got to happen eventually, Oh, it's going to happen. Of course it's going to happen. Right. Um, And when that does, you just do your best and, you know. Just go, well, botch that one and move on. I don't think it's even about botch. It's more about expectations. Like you said, with people who who say they want you to do a flyer for them and then yeah. ask you to change because they don't have any concept of what actually goes into the process. They're mm-hmm. just like, you're a printer. Here's my money. Now make it print exactly how I envision it and mm-hmm. want it. You know? Yeah. Because, yeah, it's. I would think that botch is not on your list. <laughs> well, right. You know, well, one day I'm going to botch up someone's tattoo. It's well, probably a- not a great... Uh, One of the things that they say, though, is like all the other guys in the shop, they one at a time in different scenarios, they're like, yeah, just just wait till you misspell that word. Wait till you misspell your first word. Yikes. Yeah. We've all done it. (laughs) We've all done it. Ominously. Yeah. With eyes wide. Like, just wait. And nothing has me more afraid than that moment. Because I swear... Although, if we're being honest, everyone else in the shop, I believe, are dudes. And, oh, yeah. And, um, you know, a little swagger, you spell a word wrong, you think you're getting, I don't see you making that mistake. <laughs> no regerts, right? No regerts. No regerts. <laughs> I am not opposed to the idea of a no regerts tattoo, frankly. I, I think it's a funny, funny yeah. it's a funny ad. It's a funny joke. Yeah, it's, it's a good bit. I like it. So, you, you were talking earlier about doing, like, the, the print shop work and about how people will, you know, say, change everything. People that don't know... Uh, what you know about yeah. design will be like, well, I don't like that in in a way that, you know, the, the idea of like, well, I don't know what good art is, but I know that I don't like that kind yeah. of thing. You see a lot of that in tattoo art, whereas people who don't do tattoos are like, well, that's a bad tattoo. I'm curious from the other end of the spectrum, somebody who actually does tattoos, what to you are some of the earmarks of a bad tattoo? Um, I'm not trying to get you to throw anybody under the bus. I'm just interested... Uneven line work is pretty bad. Um, probably not using a stencil and just drawing things head on. Yeah, like uh, words are really kind of kind of the thing that stand out to me as would be would be a bad tattoo, where like the lettering is uneven or one letter is bigger than the other. Yeah, just by that a, kind a of a thing. Slight margin. Yeah, or if you have like a solidly filled uh, block of color and there's like 
there's little bits missing. It's not fully packed and saturated. Like that right. would be, but I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Well, on the opposite end, what do you think is the earmarks of like very good tattoos? Does yeah. it go back to line work? Uh, the tattoos that you could mistake for being a sticker. I hear that's like the okay the, the benchmark of a good tattoo. Right. But I, I've seen other ones that are just really highly stylized. Like I really love the um the new school tattoo style. I don't know. A good a good tattoo is one you really like. A good tattoo is one you're happy with. It doesn't have to mean anything. It doesn't have to be complex. It doesn't have to be, you know, doesn't have to be the Mona Lisa. It just has to be something that brings you joy. That's a good tattoo. Well, I hope that uh, Brock Lesnar's penis sword on his chest brings him joy. Because <laughs> <laughs> that tattoo looks dumb. Yeah, yeah, it sure does. But does he love it? Because that's what matters. Well, that, I, I don't know so. if he's capable of love. <laughs> All right, so we're going to try a new game here on the show that I uh, am stealing from the internet meme, uh, wrong answers only. What we're doing is we're going to show you a video. Um, Stacy, Stacy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I have terrible with names. We can talk about that later. Um, we're going to show, we're gonna show yeah, you a video. We're going to definitely have to talk about that later. Yeah. We'll show you this video, and the idea is uh, you tell us who are these characters in the ring, what is their deal, and what is going on right now. So wrong answers only. What are we staring at? Okay, so this guy right here, he is a uh, reformed hot topic juggalo turned public speaker, and he showed up to this Christian youth group to give a speech about his former Fago addictions. And what he doesn't realize is that he has the wrong night. These kids came here for a wrestling event. Okay. And uh, you can tell these kids have no idea what, what they're in for because they, they actually they look kind of bored. Especially that redheaded <laughs> kid in the, uh, in the corner Over there. there. Yep. Yeah, who, who routinely just cups his head in shame. And yeah, right, right there. <laughs> yeah. And, he's rubbing uh, his eye. Yeah, he's, he's having a hard time. So this guy here, the North, and I know his name is the North because that's what's written on his underwear. He, um, he is actually a famous oh, uh, cartographer turned <laughs> wrestler and right. he was inspired by the movie La The Labyrinth and you could tell by his homage to David Bowie's bulge. <laughs> Excellent. So, They're prominent so Bowie now, knuckle. Prominent so, Bowie knuckle. So now, did, did we have a name for the, uh, the reformed juggalo? Mm. No? Okay. No. No, that's fine. No, that's, sorry. That's absolutely fine. Did so you happen home. to notice that he looks a little bit like the kid who says... I like turtles. <laughs> okay, so he's that guy. He's that kid growing up. <laughs> that kid grew up. Yeah, that kid grew up and became... Reformed juggalo. Reformed juggalo. Works at Hot Topic. Yeah. Um, well, now, he, now he's a public speaker. He, now he's a public speaker. Now he's a public speaker. Yeah, he, you can tell addiction. that because he did that thing that public speakers do where they put their leg up on the chair. Ah. Yeah. The Captain Morgan. The, the Captain Morgan. The Captain Morgan. Yeah. Yes, All right. Yeah. So anyway, so the North gets up and he uh, he wants to yell at the turtle kid because he, you know, clearly has the wrong date. But you don't yell at a guy who's talking about his addiction. So he gets up, he gives him a hug, and then he tells him, tell him how what he did wrong, he how strong he is. For, for We're going on and on and on and on <laughs> and on about this. And like you could see, Turtle looks a little embarrassed here. He didn't he didn't realize like all the, the time that he was standing up there. It's starting to so, dawn on him. Yeah, well, well, the North is is telling him, you know, take take your mic and get out of here. We got a wrestling show to to perform, and 
that's that's it. That's what happened. All right. I like I it. I love the North. <laughs> Johnny, do you want to fill him in on what we just watched? Yeah, so that was the um, on all ego Ethan Page's vlog, which he uh, puts out once a week. He had a curtain call with Darby Allen. So Darby Allen is the turtle boy, and he um, just got signed by a national touring company. So this would have been the moment where he's like doing his last show in the small clubs and this other guy's like a big name in the small clubs who's saying he deserves it Aww. let's give him they call it the curtain call before That's they really go on sweet. to uh, it's it's like where there it becomes a little less punk rock like he's been signed to a label now oh, and, okay uh, you know, of course, in the wrestling world, that means all kinds of things to all kinds of different people, just like in the art world or the music world. Um, that worked out significantly better than I expected. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you were great at this game. Thank you. Yes. You have set a high bar. Anybody else that we do this with needs to listen to this just to know where they stand before they come in here and try and explain. And do it this. is going to be very tricky to do this again, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was absolutely fantastic. And I'm 100 sure that I got drops out of that. <laughs> <laughs> the North and the Turtle Boy. I dig it. Well, I didn't know I'd find my calling on this show, but apparently that seems that sounds like that's just how your life works. I know. I you just, just fall I just stumble into back stuff. into this. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Now, now I'm the wrong only answers, girl. <laughs> you bait the hook, you throw it out, and then you reel them in real slow <laughs> so you're still teaching piano mm-hmm. um, yeah at uh, Gross Point Music Academy if anyone needs lessons okay and then uh, what was the tattoo shop we were discussing that you're uh, working at 13th hour tattoos and 11 and a half in Grasha in Roseville excellent so mm-hmm. uh, we it sounds like you are fantastic at both of those things thank you <laughs> when it comes to the piano I, I wanted to get into this earlier and I didn't get a chance to um did you like what were your aspirations growing up uh, learning to play the piano? Like, were you looking to play professionally, or were you just learning to learn enough to follow along in your your your, your ancestry footsteps? Uh, right. <laughs> well, I had a I, I have a strange relationship with it because I grew up in such a musical household, and uh, my family ran the American Guild of Music. Whoa. So yeah, so uh, like it wasn't a question of like did I want to compete? I had to compete, right? And I had to not only compete, but I had to win. And so I—that's I, some pressure. Yeah. So I had um, so my family had like real high standards as far as music goes. I spent most of my childhood practicing. I didn't look at music as anything aspirational or anything I wanted to do. It was like brushing my teeth. I had I had to do it. Yeah, there yeah, was no was, real yeah. choice on it. Yeah, you go to school, you do your homework, you play the piano. I would imagine there were points that you absolutely hated it. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but if you went into teaching it, then there must have been a point where you came back around and was like, no, I like this. Well, so when I was about 15, I was done competing. I just, I, I didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to play anymore. So I, I stopped playing for a long time, came back to it as an adult, and realized that... Um, the carpal tunnel sets in around 15? <laughs> right. <Is it> like, <laughs> com- competition is oh, over? I was, I was too cool at that point. I was, you know, I want to hang out with my friends. I didn't want to do any of this piano stuff. Right. Um, so came back to it as an adult and realized that I was missing out on all of this theory that would have made learning these songs so much easier. So instead of just, you know, spending so much time on one song for a competition and getting really good at that one song, I could have just learned some theory, played a bunch of songs, um, 
and had a lot more fun with it and do you know some composition and play around with people and like without the pressure of having to perform right so i um when my grandmother passed away uh she had written a teacher's teaching course uh so i took it like i audited it as like kind of a way to test it out and uh as part of that i had to get a student and i had to you know teach the student it turned out i was really good at it so i was like i'll just start doing this and I actually really like the theory aspect of music far more than I like playing it now so I really like to explain it to people I like to show other people how to play okay I have no desire to play anymore so I don't perform I don't gig I don't you know I don't record for like I just play for me and I teach other people to play for themselves well I'm gonna I'm gonna use this so. podcast right now to try and get a free lesson out of you oh you got it how do I how do I get one hand to do something separate from the other hand this is the thing I could never figure out when it comes to playing keyboard. How do I do the rhythm on the lower end with this hand, but then also do the melody up here on this with this hand? Start with straight chords. Okay. In your left hand. So your thumb is finger one, your middle finger is finger three, and your yep. pinky is finger five. Okay. okay. So if you set each finger on all of the white keys, right, one finger per white key, yep. and you press down with fingers one, three, three and, and five. five, you'll make a triad chord. Okay. Okay. Um, so you'll play a chord in your left hand yep. and you'll just noodle around in your right hand with whatever notes you want to play. Right. Mm -hmm. And so get, you'll get used to holding down that chord with one hand and playing the melody in your right hand, then switch to a different chord. Do it again. Just keep that same hand shape. Okay. And just move around. Just and move then eventually, it up and down the keyboard. yeah. And and you're gonna make a bunch of noise. It's gonna oh, sound sure. like hot garbage. Yeah. But you'll get used to like moving your hands in different spaces. And then, like another thing that you can do is you can uh, try to move each finger individually on your right hand and your left hand. Try to hit the same notes at the same time. Right. right? At, at the same speed. So like the thumb even. on one hand, but the little finger on the other yeah. hand. Yeah, so you'll get that kind of finger independence, and then once your fingers, once both hands are doing the same thing, and this really only applies to adults. With with kids, it's a little different. When each finger, when each hand can do the same thing at the same time, then you can try to try to do them in the opposite direction. Right? Uh -huh. Try to try to make things up. Uh, go from your first finger to your third finger to your second finger to your fourth finger. Just like make up little patterns, and then once you have more and more finger independence, then you can start doing the things that you would see in music, where right. one hand's going crazy doing this one thing, and the other hand's going crazy doing one, the other one thing. Hand, like the Charlie Brown song, one hand's doing the do 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 do, mm -hmm. and then the other one's doing the melody up here. Yeah, exactly. She's good at this, Shawnee. Yeah, I'm telling you. Thank you. <laughs> and if it's something you want to pursue, you'll find that it's a lot like when you had to first start singing over guitar playing. And you're I'm like, sure. You're like trying to sing a separate melody than the guitar is playing. And that's, it's just like it, you think you'll never get through that hump. Right. And you get through well, that, the hump pretty quick, actually. That's my, yeah. whole, that's my whole problem is all my music uh, knowledge is from self-taught playing by ear stuff. Mm -hmm. So like even playing the drums, like I just... I, getting everything to move independently didn't work until one day it did. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I just never hit that with the piano. So I was like, "Hey, we got somebody right here. I can uh, maybe weasel a little uh, knowledge in there." And yeah, and, maybe and you, it worked. And if you can learn how to do that, maybe we wouldn't have to replace the theme song with Carmel's music. I don't know. I think the the original theme song is pretty good. I, I don't know why you'd want to replace it in the first place. I think that you have a very high opinion of yourself, and I'm glad that Stacy Joy came over so I didn't have to just listen to you talk for the last hour. I agree. 
This has been a <laughs> Me fanta- too. <laughs> this has been a fantastic show. Thank you so much for being on the show, Stacey. Oh, thanks for having me. This is fun. It's been a lot of fun uh, playing our, our new game, Wrong Answers Only. It's been great. It's been fantastic talking to you about tattoos because, once again, I have none, so I have no frame of reference. I'm so, telling you, come on in. I'll change that. I don't know. I'm, I'm a big wuss. I'm certainly not coming in and just like just having you tattoo whatever on me. <laughs> Shawnee will get to you and he'll be like, yeah, put a badger on him. It should be just the word whatever. Whatever. You see yeah. this suit I'm wearing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Nirvana's never mind, but it's whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Shawnee, take us home. Where uh, people find us online? Oh, they can find us at the One Fall Show Facebook page, Facebook group. They can find me on Instagram at Shawnee.Constant. And they can find me on Twitter at C-H-Z-U-C-K-B-E-A-N, as well as on the Nerd Radio podcast. And you can find the two of us talking horror on Talk Horror to Me. Yes, yes, every week we talk about a horror movie. Stacey, uh, you, you do a lot of your promotion on Instagram, right? Yeah, Killer Robots from Outer Space. All right, we'll definitely have that in the show notes so people can find it. And I think that they will agree that your line work and symmetry are exemplary. And I'm very excited to watch you continue to grow in the tattoo world. Oh, thank you. I I don't want to get the tattoo, but I want to see you tattoo Hulk Hogan now. After seeing two horrible Hulk Hogan tattoos. The first tattoo I told her, I said I wanted to get a gremlin with a headband doing the um, John John Cena Cena. thing. Oh, yeah. That might be. Maybe one day I'll end up on one of these videos. (laughs) (laughs) I still have that. I still have that in my folder. That's still in my to-do list. The John Cena gremlin. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get there. there. <laughs> He's got, it's got to be like over one ear because they got those giant ears, those baby Yoda ears. Yeah. So you got to mm-hmm. like, it's just, it can't be right on the head. It's got to be like cockeyed. Maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. Thanks, yeah, everybody. Thanks have fun. Be safe. Don't fall in the hole. Oh man. Ants. Ants. Wiggle wiggle woo. Wiggle wiggle woo. Wiggle wiggle woo. Woo. Was a stupid idea from bad creative and all that's gone. Make sure these are working. Check, check. All right. All right. Cool. Ants. 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 They're coming. Ants. 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 Boom. Fuck you. This shit sucked. <laughs> That's good timing. <laughs> well done. Reformed hot topic juggalo turned public speaker. I kind of just Forrest Gump my way through life and things just... <laughs> I didn't know where to go with it. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> he was inspired by the movie La- The Labyrinth, and you could tell by his homage to David Bowie's Bulge.